0: Welcome to the May 2023 edition of Agribusiness News, brought to you by the Farm Advisory Service. Agribusiness News helps you scan your horizon, prepare for industry changes, and keeps you abreast of the latest research and policy updates. Along with our regular monthly updates on policy briefs, arable, beef, sheep, and milk, in this edition, we are also bringing you two sector overviews on sustainability trends and falling suckler cow numbers. We'll also be bringing you news on energy self-sufficiency options and silage.
1: Hello, my name is Christine Beaton and I'm the editor of this month's edition. First up, we have this month's news. With the coronation of King Charles III on the 6th of May, heralding the dawn of a new Carolean era, the nation is being encouraged to support the egg industry by having a coronation quiche as part of their celebratory lunch. Featuring a subtle combination of cheddar cheese, tarragon, spinach and broad beans, Also known as fava beans, the proof will be in the eating as to whether it will rival Queen Elizabeth's choice of spicy coronation chicken. For film aficionados, the fava bean link might prompt some to enjoy the quiche with a nice chianti. With the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and the resultant disruption to cereal markets, cereal traders are intensely monitoring growing crops around the world, with fingers crossed that their predictions of supply exceeding demand will win out, thereby reducing pressure on crop availability for the next winter. However, beef and sheep nutritionist Karen Stewart's article says lessons can be learned from the dairy sector with regards making better quality silage as a means of reducing the need for bought concentrates and boosting net margins. In the beef sector, while cattle prices continue to go from strength to strength, as producers still need to be vigilant with regards livestock health, the new bovine tuberculosis controls will help to protect Scotland's status of being officially bovine TB-free since September 2009. However, with the national breeding cow numbers continuing to fall, Lesley Wiley looks at how a resultant fall in prime cattle could be mitigated. As the pig, poultry and dairy sectors continue to struggle with high energy prices, Ian Boyd's article this month on energy self-sufficiency options discusses ways in which businesses can seek to future-proof their energy needs and control their costs of production. And Mark Bowser-Gibbs looks at what is trending on the global stage in 2023.
0: Moving on to this month's policy briefs. The submission period for 2023 single application forms opened on the 15th of March 2023 and will close at midnight on Monday the 15th of May 2023. While Scotland is recognised as being officially bovine tuberculosis-free by the European Commission in September 2009, maintaining this status is crucial to the continuing success of the Scottish cattle industry. From the 18th of May, farmers bringing cattle into Scotland will be subject to tighter controls in order to reduce the risk of spreading bovine tuberculosis. The new pre-movement testing requirements apply to cattle coming to Scotland from a TB high incidence area, including those coming from a low incidence TB area that have been in a TB high incidence area in any time of their life. Eligible cattle, as above, will require a clear pre-movement test within 30 days prior to the movement to Scotland if tested after the 18th of May. This requirement was previously 60 days. Additional changes also mean that a negative TB test in a herd under movement restrictions will no longer be accepted as a qualifying pre-movement test, even if the test allows these restrictions to be lifted. A new definition for isolation will also be introduced and compensation will be reduced for cattle which are not properly isolated. This will strengthen the protection of the main herd against onward spread of infection from any reactors or suspected reactors. Further information and guidance on bovine TB is available on the Scottish Government website. New Scottish agricultural minimum wage rates have been announced. From the 1st of April 2023, the minimum hourly rate has been increased by 92 pence per hour to equal the UK government's national living wage of £10.42. For workers who undertake an SCQF level 4 or 5, or equivalent in agriculture or horticulture, the minimum hourly rate will increase by 58 pence per hour to £6.53. Workers who hold a Scottish or National vocational qualification in an agricultural horticultural subject at SCQF 6 or above, an apprenticeship certificate approved by Lantra Awards, or a Certificate of Acquired Experience issued by ATB Landbase, NTO are entitled to an additional sum of £1.55 per hour. The overtime rate for all workers remains at 1.5 times the agreed hourly rate with a minimum payment of £15.63 per hour. Where it is necessary for a worker to keep and feed a dog or dogs to enable them to do their job, then they must be paid an allowance of £8 per working dog up to a maximum of four dogs. The daily rate for accommodation offset for accommodation provided by an employer other than a house, is to increased to nine pounds and ten pence. Provisions regarding stable income arrangement, benefit, and bereavement leave remain unchanged. Further information on the Scottish Agricultural Wages Order number no. seventy can be found on the Scottish Government website. Under the Preparing for Sustainable Farming scheme, tutorial videos are now available to help businesses to apply for carbon audits or soil analysis. The step-by-step guides are available on the ScottGov Preparing for Sustainable Farming support page. The UK has signed a deal to join a trade pact with 11 Asian and Pacific nations. Joining the group will boost UK exports by cutting tariffs on goods such as cheese, cars, chocolate, machinery, gin and whiskey. However, the government's own estimates show Being in the block will only add 0.08% to the size of the UK's economy. Key dates to note the fifteenth of may 2023 at midnight, deadline for IAX single application form and BPS supporting documents. This includes greening, young farmers' payments and applications to the National Reserve. 15th of may 2023 at midnight. BPS 2023 Entitlement Transfer window opens. The 31st of May 2023, deadline for making certain changes without penalty to a BPS application already submitted before midnight on 15th of May. Moving on to Arable. UK nearby wheat prices Have dropped £12 per tonne in the last month and £25 per tonne in the last three months. This reflects bearish global factors and the slow pace of UK cereal exports and rising domestic grain stocks. The Black Sea remains an important determinant of global wheat prices. Russia's threat to block the grain export deal with Ukraine has combined with local import bans from Ukraine's neighbouring EU states to put Ukraine grain exports at risk, potentially reducing grain supply on the world market and supporting prices. Whether these issues are short-lived or not remains to be seen. That aside, large cereal crops in Australia and Brazil have boosted nearby supply-coupled to high stocks in other exporters have kept export competition strong and undermined prices. Market attention is increasingly turning to new crop potential for direction. In their latest estimates, the International Grains Council see a large increase in cereal production in 2023, up 55 million tonnes, a smaller increase in usage, up 28 million tonnes, with stocks still set to decline marginally, down 3 million tonnes. The big changes include a large increase in maize and coarse grain production and a fall in wheat output. A huge increase in soya bean output and rising soya bean stocks are expected to see a strong rise in oilseed stocks. Looking at global crop conditions, currently there are no major problems and spring sowings are going well but three to four months of key growing conditions remain in the Northern Hemisphere. US. Drought in the southern US plains, but wheat area is up 9% and conditions good in main regions further north with maize sowings going well. Europe. Dry winter and spring, but crop conditions okay so far. Time remains for rain. UK. UK. Crops in good condition, dry winter and wet March mean soil moisture levels are good. In their March UK cereal S&D estimate, AHDB increased UK cereal opening stocks for the new season 2023-24 by between 45% barley and 189% wheat. Irrespective of UK cereal crop yields in 2023, the market will start the season well supplied and with the highest opening stocks since 2016 indicative grain prices predicted at week ending the 21st of april 2023 are wheat x farm basis 207 pounds per ton in may 23 200 pounds in harvest 23 and 204 pounds in november 2023 Feed Barley X Farm Scotland one hundred and seventeen pounds per ton in may twenty three, one hundred and seventy pounds in harvest and one hundred and seventy four in november twenty twenty three. Malt distilling barley X Farm Scotland two hundred twenty five pounds per tonne in harvest twenty twenty three. Oilseed rape delivered Berwick. £382 per tonne in May 23, £390 in Harvest 23 and £398 in November 23. While local factors could be overridden at any time by wider global weather and political events, it looks likely that UK will have to achieve a strong level of exports next season for both wheat and barley. High stocks mean the UK will have to remain export competitive most of the time next season for both wheat and barley. Increased harvest price pressure expected. Sell ahead. Grain you can't store past harvest. If you're enjoying this podcast and would like to hear more about arable farming, check out Cropcast, another Farm Advisory Service podcast. In their May episode... They're talking about reduced tillage on IPM with two excellent speakers as well worth listen. April saw a continued rise in the price of beef with demand continuing to outstrip supply. For week ending April 15th, prices quoted for an R4L animal were 504 pence per kilogram dead weight. Cattle numbers continue to be tight and are set to tighten further in the coming weeks as many sheds are now emptied. As we have alluded to previously, Scottish slaughter data shows a downwards trend, with QMS reporting for week ending April the 15th an 18% reduction compared with the same week last year in kill numbers in Scottish abattoirs. This is no doubt bolstering finished prices. Record-breaking prices with store cattle surging past £3 per kilogram and £5 per kilogram base price from processors has led to some positivity among beef farmers. However, finishers have had to pay more for forward cattle compared with last year, meaning more money is tied up in fewer cattle. Many of the cattle bought recently for slaughter in May and June will need to gross over £2,000 per head to leave a reasonable margin according to finishers. A fall in cereal prices over recent weeks will have been welcomed as finishers restock after an expensive winter. With tightening supplies out-of-spec cattle are once again being rewarded with a blind eye being turned to weight limits in order to maintain supply. The outlook for beef remains positive for the coming months as tight supplies and strong competition continue to support firm cattle prices. Wet cold weather continues to slow down stock turnout to grass with forage stocks diminishing. The shine has been taken off lighter cattle in the storing. Despite this markets are still reporting increases week on week. Short-term stores remain a flying trend and very much in demand. With store cattle prices at record levels, many have been sold earlier than normal to take advantage of the prices. It is expected that the availability of heavier stores will reduce further in the coming weeks. As we move into summer, the weather will be a crucial decider in demand levels and subsequent pricing. Cull cow trade continues to exceed all expectations driven by UK demand for manufacturing beef as consumers look for cheaper beef options. Beef mince is affordable and versatile and is now rivaling chicken on value. With a drop in milk prices, more dairy cows may come forward which will support consumer demand as we move into barbecue season and the number of bank holiday weekends. With breeding cattle sales kicking off, it will be interesting to see where the demand for breeding heifers is after the last six months of increased cull cow sales. Moving on to sheep. In April, we witnessed prime lamb rise £1.50 per kilogram deadweight with a heightened demand driven by Ramadan and Easter. Various industry forecasts predict the UK lamb price to remain high due to the declining flock in Europe combined with the high European lamb price. It is estimated that the European sheep flock has decreased by one point five million head, with production reduced by one point two percent. The largest flock decreases are seen in Spain and France. The European flock has now declined by over one million head of sheep. For a third consecutive year. We are however seeing flock growth in Romania and Ireland. The European value of lamb is high, with France at eight point four four euros per kilogram dead weight on the fifteenth of April and Spain at €7.25 euros per kilogram of deadweight. However, the Irish price is lower at 7.05 euros per kilogram of deadweight. With this competitive Irish price and a good supply of lamb, their exports have risen substantially so far this year, with 20% year-on-year rises of exports in February and March. As an equivalent, the GB lamb price for the same week showed 6.88 euros per kilogram of dead weight, while the New Zealand lamb was 4.24 euros per kilogram of dead weight. Beef and lamb New Zealand have updated their 2022-2023 outlook recently. New Zealand has had a poor trading season so far, with low slaughter prices due to high inflation impacting the demand for sheep meat. The main market for the New Zealand product is China, where 85% of their mutton is exported to. But due to COVID reinfections, the demand is currently low. New Zealand farmers have also had to deal with extreme weather events such as drought and cyclone Gabrielle, plus inflated costs, poor returns and a growing environmental agenda. With a decreasing national flock, the end price for sheep meat is expected to improve. In New Zealand, it is estimated 175,000 hectares of farmland has been sold for forestry in the last five years. With tight global supplies of sheep meat, a favourable currency and a growing export market following the disruption of Brexit and Covid, the short-term future looks bright for UK sheep industry. The price difference between the European and UK lamb is what makes or breaks the export trade, with recent weeks seeing very little exported. With religious festivals now past, the price will drop slightly making our product more attractive to the European buyer. The currency to keep an eye on is the Euro-US dollar, with the US dollar currently very strong. The dollar drives the export market. A devaluation of the Euro against the US dollar could mean an increase in purchasing agricultural inputs and in turn deepen inflation. Now, let's move on to the sector focus on agriculture and sustainability trends. Aside from the tumultuous trading conditions agriculture has faced through 2022, farming remains committed to the agenda to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and attain the goals set for 2030 and beyond. And while we focus on these goals here, mitigation efforts continue in the global arena too. Consider first... The demands of a growing world population reaching 10 billion by 2050, with a per capita food consumption growth of between 8-12% over the same period. Assuming current levels of production efficiency and the continuation of current deforestation rates, the business-as-usual outlook in meeting this demand makes for hard reading and would see emissions increase by 15 to 20 percent over the next 30 years. Additional agriculture is already heavily skewed toward methane and nitrous oxide elements, producing 45 percent and 80 percent of global emissions respectively. All of this is hard to address given the socio-economic landscape. Globally, one in four people are farmers. That's more than two Billion people employed in agriculture needing to engage in reform, and 75% of those are on farms of two hectares or less, which nonetheless produce 30 to 34% of the total food supply. Against this backdrop, what are the evolving trends to watch out for in 2023? Feeding a growing global need. By 2050, the FAO estimates we'll need to produce 60% more food to feed this population of 10 billion. Even attaining that, some 300 million will still be exposed to food scarcity. Developing countries will have an increasing role to play in the global economy and food demand. As an example, countries like the Philippines and Colombia are currently setting records for US exports and developing countries will continue to account for most of the growth in U.S. agricultural exports. Artificial intelligence According to business intelligence research, global spending on smart technology and connected systems in the ag space is projected to triple in revenue by 2050. That includes artificial intelligence and machine learning. AI spending alone is predicted to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 25.5% between 2020 and 2026, eventually reaching £3.2 billion. Synthetic data is often used to validate AI models. Synthetic data is based on real-world data and created by a model that uses the parameters of real-world data sets. A digital twin in a system that emulates real life can be particularly helpful in agriculture where variables like soil type and weather conditions must be understood for real world applications. Synthetic data is a powerful tool and current predictions are that by 2030 synthetic data will outpace real data in AI models. Precision agriculture. 2023 trends in digital agriculture will include exciting updates in the precision ag space to support crop monitoring and targeted nutrition plans. Decision support systems will be increasingly data-driven, optimizing crop nutrition plans and utilizing key performance sustainability indicator datasets. This will inform decisions around metrics such as carbon footprint, phased-released fertilizers, and climate change impacts on modelling. Big data. The Internet of Things, IoT, is a key driving force in agricultural advancement. It's a general term for the billions of smart devices that contain small chips and sensors. The proliferation of these affordable smart devices that are connected to the internet is transforming the efficiency of farming at field level. One of the key benefits of IoT in agriculture is the ability to apply analytical tools to transform collected data into actionable insights to crop performance and climate patterns. Smart agriculture systems using IoT include remote sensors, robots, drones, and computer imaging. IoT and agriculture are evolving into a global smart agriculture market that is expected to be worth almost £12.8 billion in 2025. Sustainability. Agri food companies and consortiums will continue to grow their agenda to quantify their impact on sustainability. Scotland is leading in this field and heavily evolved in researching and building ecosystem markets to meet net zero targets and reverse biodiversity decline. The outcomes and monetised trades will create new and closer natural capital partnership between farmers' supply on the one hand and consumers' demands on the other and inevitably will integrate functionality with developing carbon market values. Now, let's move on to milk. AHCB milk production data shows that UK milk output for March 2023 is estimated at 1,321.81 million litres before butterfat adjustment, an increase of 11.2 million litres on a year-on-year basis. This means that cumulative UK production for the 2022-23 milk year stands at 14,904.65 million litres before butterfat adjustment. This suggests the UK output for the 2022-23 milk year will be a mere 7.86 million litres lower than that of the 2021-22 production year. After such a slow start to production in the first half of the milk year, it has been quite a recovery during the last six months. The UK average milk price for February 23 is estimated at 48.06 pence per litre, down 1.13 pence per litre from the January 2023 average price, 49.19 pence per litre. Farmgate milk prices continue to reduce quite significantly as the country moves towards the period of peak milk production during May. With the value for AMPE reducing to 31.81 pence per litre during April and prices reducing across the board for dairy commodities, further reductions to Farmgate milk prices may well follow after the month of May. AHDB data shows that the value of cream income to a liquid processor has reduced from sixteen point five three pence per litre to eight point eight three pence per litre between September twenty twenty two and april twenty three, reinforcing the downward price trend. For many dairy farmers, the farm gate mill price for May twenty twenty three Will now be approaching or below the cost of production. Announcements for April and May 23 are as follows. Please note the following prices are in pence per litre. Ala Foods Amber. The ala milk price reduced by 6 euro cents from 1st of April 23. The manufacturing standard litre price reduced by 5.31 to 39.64. The liquid standard liter price reduced by 5.1 to 38.08. All direct milk price. 5.31 price cut from first May. The manufacturing standard liter price reduces to 37.09. The liquid standard liter reduces by 5.1 to 35.60. Tesco. The Tesco Sustainable Dairy Group milk price is to increase by 1.01 from 1st May. The price increase results from a decision by the retailer to revert back onto the Tesco cost of production tracker for milk pricing. The increase takes liquid standard litre price up to 43.51. The milk price will increase to 43.26 for Arla TSDG members. Sainsbury's, the SDG G will reduce by 0.99 from 1st May. This takes the liquid standard litre price down to 42.91 for Muller suppliers. The farm gate milk price for all the members of SDG G will reduce to 42.79. Co-op, farm gate prices are reducing. By 0.82 from 1st of May, this takes the liquid standard litre price down to 42.15 for May. Muller Direct prices are set to reduce by 2.5 from 1st May. This takes the liquid standard litre price for Scottish suppliers down to 39.75. Muller Little. Reduction of 2.5 to the muller Little fixed price contract from 1st May. This reduction is in line with reduction to the Müller-Direct milk price and takes liquid standard litre price down to 40. First milk. Reduction of 3.4 from 1st of May. This takes liquid standard litre price to 38 And the first milk manufacturing price to 39.29. Fresh Milk Company reduction of 2.2 from 1st May. This takes the liquid standard litre price down to 37.30. U Tree Dairy Reduction of 3.0 to 8 volume litres from 1st of May. This takes the liquid standard litre price down to 39. For the main UK dairy commodity prices for April, butter has fallen to £3,920 per tonne. Mild cheddar has fallen to £3,550 per tonne. Skim milk powder has fallen to £2,020 per tonne. And bulk cream to £1,518 per tonne. Now, let's move on to becoming energy self-sufficient. Energy price hikes, insecurity in global energy markets and a desire to be sustainable have resulted in many farmers looking at options to be more energy self-sufficient. Wholesale energy prices have fallen from their peak in 2022, but farm bills remain stubbornly high. Matching renewables to meet on-site demand can offset these costs and potentially generate additional income streams. These inflated energy prices can also help significantly lower the payback periods. Ideal renewable sites should be high yielding with low construction and connection costs. Viable farm scale projects will meet as much on-site demand as possible to help offset expensive energy bills. Depending on the development, additional income options might include leasing land for large-scale wind and solar, power purchase agreements, or selling surplus electricity to the grid. Smart export guarantee payments are often lower than the purchase price of electricity, so using the generated power to first offset bills is usually the best option. There are some funding and support options available. Business Energy Scotland offer an SME loan of up to £100,000, interest-free, plus cashback grants for various renewable heat and energy efficiency measures. Home Energy Scotland can provide support for domestic properties and banks and financial institutes often offer favourable rates for green projects. It is important to assess your farm energy demand and discover what technology options would best suit your business. Firstly, improving energy efficiency and making best use of your existing systems and grid connection saves money and ensures you're investing in the right type and scale of technology. Renewable costs are site-specific and vary significantly depending on the type and scale of technology. Grid connection may be a limiting factor due to constraints across large parts of the network. Therefore, if you're exporting to the grid, it is imperative to speak to the network operator at an early stage to understand connection options and costs. Connections below 50 kilowatt on a three-phase site are generally more straightforward and lower cost. Depending on your site specifics, various forms of technology may be suitable. For example, solar PV, often the most straightforward option. Small to medium scale roof mounted schemes usually classify as permitted development and make good use of existing vacant roof space. Shed roofs should be structurally sound, south facing and unobstructed. Wind one of the most common and well-established renewables, but getting planning consent may be contentious. The land around turbines can still be used for agricultural purposes. Hydro. Small-scale of river schemes work well, but need a high head, plenty rainfall, and a suitable catchment area to provide a good yield. Gaining consent can be difficult, And environmental impacts need to be carefully considered. Biomass. Biomass can help meet your heat demands and offset fossil fuel use. However, fuel costs need taken into consideration and current high prices, especially for processed fuels such as pellets, mean that it needs careful consideration to balance any savings with high capital costs. Heat pumps. Heat pumps still require electricity to operate but less than would be required for direct electric heating. Ground water source are more efficient than air source. They can be retrofitted to existing buildings and can also contribute to cooling requirements if you have cold stores. Energy storage. Storage options have become more viable at the farm scale due to high electricity prices. Storing your own renewables if you have a poor export contract or additional income from emerging grid balancing services may provide opportunities. Potential storage options can include lead acid, lithium or flow batteries which all have different costs, lifespans and applications. Green hydrogen created from renewable electricity is another potential way of storing large amounts of energy for multiple uses. Exploring your options can provide energy security, generate economic benefits, and offer green marketing opportunities for farming. Now, let's move on to the sector focus on the national beef herd. As discussed previously, in the monthly beef outlooks, the higher number of cows being culled has implications going forward for the critical mass of beef in Scotland. With the input cost increases and high cull cow prices, it is of little surprise that we ended 2022 having culled 23% more cows than the previous four-year average. However, this does not take into account cows that were slaughtered out with Scotland. So, the total cull rate is likely to be even higher. The January 23 figures from QMS and BCMS show beef-sired females over 30 months on Scottish farms to be 3.3% less than in January 2022. This is to be expected with a higher cull cow price and producers clearing out some of their older cows. What this does not tell us: are there a larger number of 24 to 30 month beef side females on farm than a year ago being kept to replace these older ones that have been culled. The change in beef side females 24 to 30 months year-on-year table from Ian MacDonald at QMS clearly shows that the drop in 24 to 30 months beef side females in October 2022 has been a significant contributor to the drop in beef side females over 30 months in January 2023. If the trend follows for the next quarter, we expect April 23 over 30 months females to be down again on the year, with 9.5% less 24 to 30 month females on farm in January 2023. Prime cattle numbers are already tighter. In supply, with QMS and BCMS quoting cattle 12 to 30 months down 3.3% on the year, and attributing a large proportion of that to the volume of cattle that continue to go south of the border from the store sales. If the contraction of the breeding herd that we are currently experiencing continues, the longer term availability of prime cattle looks to remain tight. However, With national average calving percentages of 86% and rearing rates of 80%, there is potential to increase calves produced without increasing cow numbers. By increasing the rearing rate to 90% or above, the reduction in prime cattle availability in the coming years could be stopped. While this would require improvements to herd fertility through appropriate nutrition and health planning, and selection of maternal traits in breeding females, the financial benefits to the suckler enterprise could be significant. Finally, we'll move on to the value of good silage. With the cutting of silage over the next couple of months, planning for winter forage starts now. Dairies are well accustomed to making well-preserved high-powered silage to target for their milking cows and these principles can be applied in beef and sheep systems too. Plan what forage is likely to be required. If you normally feed a lot of concentrate, is there an opportunity to make better quality silage to reduce the reliance of so much bought-in feed? Looking at the savings that can be made for making better quality silage for 400kg steer gaining 1kg per day. Over 150 days for 100 cattle the diet cost difference between the rations for poor and average silage is a staggering 4050 pounds. Wrongly assuming that your silage is average when it is actually poor would result in cattle only gaining 0.8 kilograms per day meaning that they would not only stay on farm for an extra 38 days but it would wipe £3,338 off their gross margin. Taking a note of the yield from each field and analysing each batch separately will help assess how grass is performing and where areas for improvement can be made for the following year. Mark up bale stacks or on the side of the pit wall where different batches start and stop to make analysing and feeding out decisions easier. When sitting bales, make access to different stacks easy so that they can be fed to the right stock based on their quality rather than where they are on the farm. With increasingly unpredictable seasons and weather patterns, managing silage stocks can be challenging. If you have a range of silage qualities and or your forage budget shows, that you're going to be running low, targeting forage quality to stock on your farm can help to maintain productivity levels. Regardless of whether you make good silage or poor silage, the worst thing is not knowing what you have. Without that knowledge, feeding and managing animals correctly is difficult and will be far more costly in the long run. Having your silage analysed and getting your rations checked by a livestock nutritionist Can save your business both time and money. Thanks very much for listening to this audio edition of the May 2023 Agribusiness News. Kerry Hammond, executive producer of Faz Sounds, has a favour to ask. If you listen to our podcast, we would love to get your listener feedback. If you'd be willing to have a chat with Kerry off air or even send an email and let her know what you think about the podcasts, and tell her what you'd like to hear more of, then please call 0300 323 0161 or email advice at faz.scot, where a member of our advice line will put you in touch with Kerry. Thank you so much for helping to make the Farm Advisory Service even better. Remember to like and follow Agribusiness News to get notified of future episodes of this monthly podcast. Why not have a look for the other Farm Advisory Service podcasts as well and give those a listen. This edition was edited by Christine Beaton and included articles written by Christine Beaton, Julian Bell, Sarah Balfour, Kirsten Williams, Mark Boucher-Gibbs, Alistair Beatty, Ian Boyd, Leslie Wiley and Karen Stewart. Presented by myself, Tiffany McTaggart and produced by Alistair Trail.